Hello and welcome to episode 994 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, December 17th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this afternoon by Justin Mason. Justin, good day, sir. Good day to you. How's it going? It's going all right. Just getting ready for Christmas and all this stuff that goes into that. Realizing mm-hmm. I need to make more money so I can afford Christmas presents. <laughs> Home stretch for gift getting as well. Hopefully, uh, well, hopefully... Y'all are ordering stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're up against it now, but if you're going out, I think you still got a little bit more time. I'll be uh, putting the finishing touches on things this weekend. And, um, yeah, you know, kind of – I can't believe it's already the 17th. I swear the last time I looked up at the calendar, it was like the third. The the, the weeks have just flown by. It's been unbelievable. It it really has, like – Again, yeah, looking at everything today and then checking my calendar. I was like, oh, the 17th. Are you kidding? Um, yeah, literally a week now from uh, Christmas Eve. So we're, we're there. We're, ho- we're home stretching 2021. And uh, this will be – we'll probably do one pod next week. And then that might be it until the new year depending on what both of our plans are. We'll talk offline on that, figure out where that is. But I should be available for a post-Christmas one, but we'll figure all that out. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing anything. I, but we'll we'll definitely have an early one next week. We're 63 days from pitchers and catchers reporting. Can't wait. Wish we'd reported it six days ago. Yeah. Well, let's no, get in. Missed opportunities. Uh, big time, big time missed opportunity. But we do have a little bit of a time frame to work with, so we're gonna that'll keep us in order here as we go through shortstops. My shortstop ranks are up along with my first and second base ones, so folks can dive in, see what I'm doing instead of just uh, me telling y'all where I am behind the curtain. Now you can see it, and uh, that gives Justin some ammo as well. But I, I picked out seven guys I think are worth discussing with our ranking split here. And the first guy is only a two point split. But he's your number one. That's why I thought starting with Fernando Tatis Jr. might be interesting here because I've got him at three behind Turner and Bichette. And it probably won't surprise you that it's all shoulder related. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anything's going to happen in the offseason to the shoulder to make me feel any better about that. So, excuse me, I fully grant how amazing he was in just 130 games. Tatis is somebody who can miss probably, you know, 15 to 20 or in this case, 32 games in a season and still be elite. But I feel like it's almost a baked in IL stint or two that keeps him from the number one spot for me. And that's why I lean toward Turner and Bichette. How did you land on Tatis number one? And and more importantly, like what's your outlook on the shoulder? Because obviously that's a key driver in how we feel about him. Yeah, I've recently moved him down to number two. Okay. Um, behind With Turner, Brian Turner. Turner ahead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the tools and potential upside are just too good to pass mm-hmm. up though. And, uh, in one of my, uh, three drafts I've done so far, uh, I have taken Tatis, um, especially because you get the outfield eligibility. That outfield eligibility is nice. Um, uh, clearly wasn't enough for me to put him one or two, but it is excellent. And again, the skills, you know, beyond reproach, I would never yeah. suggest otherwise, but I think Turner and Bichette have skills in that, in that level as well. They might not have the same power. Uh, you know, we saw Bichette's speed finally take off, which was the missing piece for me. It was something I had some questions about Turner's been, you know, just an absolute God, his mm-hmm. entire career putting up 
similar to Tatis, though, where he puts up full seasons in less than full volumes mm-hmm. uh, of playing time, right? And we've been saying, well, what if you, what if he gets back up over 600 plate appearances again like he did in 2018? Well, he did that this year, and he was two homers shy of a 30-30 season. It would have actually been 30-32. With 30, a 328 batting average. And, Bingo. I mean, on top of getting the speed bump a little bit over uh, Tatis and Bichette, he also, I mean, that batting average at 328 uh, is insane. I mean, it... it I mean, he's a guy who's got a three three career batting average, so you kind of just project him to hit on top of that Dodgers lineup and kind of keep doing what he was doing. Uh, but there are some concerns with Tatis. It's just the, it's just so hard to pass up that kind of upside. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little concerned there's no corrective surgery. Then that, that was the deciding factor for me is why I ended up with him where I did is like, nothing's going to change on the shoulder. So I think we're going to continue to be in a spot where he's going to play with it. And there's going to be uh scary times during the season where he, he lands on it or something goes and he gets hurt, but maybe it's just two weeks. Cause we always, every time he got hurt, we were like sky's falling catastrophic season over for Tatis. And it seemed like he was back a few weeks later. So that's great. We love that aspect of it, but I do find myself a, a, a little nervous about getting those baked in uh, missed games, which is what I do think it will be. So that's why I wound up with him at third. Bichette quickly, I guess then um, you have him at three and I got him in that mix there in between Turner and Tatis Jr. How did you feel about his breakout season with the with the speed finally coming? Because like I said, that was my big question to the point I, I was openly like, are we sure he's a runner? And I don't regret that, by the way. He was 8 for 13 in the majors to that point. And I just wanted to see it before betting on it. Those that bet on it, they cashed in. He goes 29-25 this past year. He was a god as well. Uh, how close is he to to jumping that two spot over Tatis? I mean, I think he's pretty close. I think you can argue that the top three shortstops should be in the top three five. to five picks yeah yeah like if they I, went one two three i would not balk at that yeah i i would i wouldn't either um and uh i think you know right now i'm still taking tatis over bachette um and and turner over uh bachette as well but i could see preferring to kind of put my kds or my draft spot around four or five in the hopes just, that I get Bichette instead. Yeah, just take whoever's there out mm-hmm. of those three shortstops, assuming they don't go one, two, three. I totally hear that um, because, again, if that speed – once that speed was there, and, again, we saw it last year. I'm, I'm believing at 25 for 26. What else, you know, what else do you need there? He's also on a great lineup. They're all three in good lineups so that nobody has a real major edge in that. Uh, they're all batting at the top, the shortstop. I will say – if Tatis had maybe gotten some surgery or something that made us feel like the sur- the shoulder was going to be better, I would go number one because that outfield eligibility that you mentioned is nice. And that's a fair tiebreaker, even with the shoulder still looming. So I'm fine there. It's This is more of a discussion than than trying to sway you one way or the other. We're very close on, on this trio. We both agree that they are uh, all top five picks, too. So let's go to our next one here, which is actually a bit of a disagreement, where I've got this guy four. You've got him at eight. It's Francisco Lindor. And for me, I basically, 
I kind of view him a little bit in the realm of Carlos Beltran when he went to New York and that first year was like a transition year. And I, I understand that with 20 being similar in the 60 games, I think people are, are seeing it as like, well, it's not just moving to New York. He kind of started this back in 2020. Bottom line, though, even if you take both seasons as a, as a whole and just say, you know, it's 185 games of kind of being league average with his WRC plus, it's still 28 homers and 16 steals in that time. And quality, quality plate skills. His walk rate continues to go up uh, since 19 from 7% to 9% to 11. Capable strikeout rate, even though it was a career high 18% last year, I can still live with that. I don't think he's a 230 hitter or anything particularly close. I think Babip's always been a challenge for him, interestingly enough, for Lindor. He's a career 292, um, and he hasn't been north of that mark since 2016. And so, sure, if you got a little bit of concern about that, okay. But I think he's a way better than 230 hitter. I think he's at least a 265 type guy um, with like a 25-15 projection. I mean, he's actually 30-13 from Steamer. That's the projection they give him with a 252 average. I can live with that. I got him four. I'm buying back in. Beauty is I don't have to pay the fourth price either. So I rank him there, but I know I can take him a bit later because the market has pushed him down a bit. Uh, relative to the shortstops, he goes off as the, hang on, I'll got you. He goes off as the eighth shortstop. So he goes where you rank him. So you're with the market. I'm just a little bit higher. So it's more of a put a star by him and I'll take him when his price comes up as opposed to me taking him, you know, uh, well above his ADP. But how do you feel about Lindor? Because it wasn't, it wasn't a great season with New York. It was 125 games. Do you see a rebound? I think I see a little bit of a rebound. I don't know that I see a huge rebound. Um, like, I, I don't know that we get back to him being uh, like a 30-20 guy. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a better chance he gets back to being like a 20-20 guy. If, if the Mets' free agent acquisitions are indicative of anything, it seems like they might be uh, wanting to be more aggressive on the base paths. You know, picking up Canna, picking up Marte. Maybe That'd this be is great. a team that if wants to move on the base pass a little bit more. Uh, and obviously Lindor is a guy who can run. Uh, exactly. So I think I feel more confident uh, that there is some potential speed upside there in comparison to like last year when he only stole 10 bases. I don't know how well I feel about uh, his potential to increase his power, especially in that park, which isn't necessarily a great power park. Uh, Cleveland wasn't either though. And he, he yeah. hit 33 straight years there. So, you know, I, again, I'm going big off of transition year to the, to the big mm-hmm. city type deal. New um, pitchers you're having to learn. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and just reminiscent of Beltron and then Beltron had the transition year and everyone's like, Oh, bust city. And it wasn't a bust. He bounced back and he was, he was good from then on. So that is uh, that's kind of the thinking that I have here with Lindor, and why I'm open to taking him. Now I look at the top eight drafted, and it's Tatis, Turner, Bichette, Semyon, Anderson, Story, Bogarts, then Lindor in that order. Mm-hmm. The only guys that I wouldn't want 
ahead of Lindor are Semyon and Anderson. And Anderson's not our next guy. Actually, I'm going to make him our next guy because I want to do that. Because we are really split on him. That is one of our bigger ones here. Because um, I have him at 11. You have him at 4. I do. And I'm surprised you have him at 11. Yeah. And, you the know. The beauty is at... I get to actually see your ranks now. Exactly. So like exactly. Can, you uh, can prepare ahead of time mentally. You know where I'm going. I mean, we talk about health guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you beat up Seeger all the time on this it. This is true. Um, are we not entering a little bit of a window here with, with Anderson? It's a little concerning. His last two full seasons are 123 games. Yeah, I, I should probably drop him a little bit. Uh, definitely going to drop him buying Bogarts. Um, so I'll, I'll actually do that as we speak uh, because I feel much more confident Bogarts is going to play 150 you know, games mm-hmm. than I do with Anderson. That being said, like Anderson still produces. He does, and you know he's still been uh, on on the razor's edge of twenty twenty seasons in those mm-hmm. times missed. He went eighteen seventeen back in nineteen. I know it's confusing to say because then uh, he went seventeen eighteen and twenty one. So basically, just a couple homers, couple steals shy of twenty twenty. Just despite playing just one hundred twenty three games in both of those seasons, so I do love that aspect. I, well, I'm gonna clearly, I'm gonna try to like beat you sold, in the middle here. I mean, clearly he sold his soul to some sort of warlock or something in order to continue to hit 300 with these massive BABIPs. I mean, he's just holding the BABIPs. And at, at some it, point, it you, have to just, you just have to go, okay, well, he's a high BABIP guy. And uh, in fairness, I was not going to say that the 11 ranking is like heavy BABIP regression. I, I'm looking now and like, I got to get him ahead of. Franco, Baez, and Correa. So I moved him to eight. Yeah. And you moved him to five? I moved him to five. I want to see where Story ends up. Um, yeah, and I, I still have him like right ahead of Story now. He's seven. Story seven. Yeah. He's And Anderson's eight. Semyon's the one, you know, and we talked about him at, at second, so we don't need to go too deep. I am very worried about that part, though, and it I influenced my my Seager ranking, which we were originally split, um, and now we're dead even because I moved him down. I'd actually published, realized how high he was, and had to make the, the like super quick change. So if somebody read that article like the second it dropped, they saw Seager I think at like eight or nine, and then everyone else is going to see him at thirteen where I have him. So um, they're both going to Texas. That park worries me. I might move Semyon down to eight and then have Story uh, Anderson at uh, six, seven, respectively. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think there is, there's clearly an elite group, right? So there's mm-hmm. the, the the Turner, Tatis, Bichette group. Yeah, that, those that top is, three. Those are the top three. Then I think, um, obviously, then there's kind of like a a next level group. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it's it's Bogarts and Anderson. Uh, for you, it's Bogarts in Lindor. And then there is like a blob of guys that are really, really good. Yes. But all have major concerns Something. one yep. way or another. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it's not that I dislike uh, like a lot of them. I mean, I actually really like Corey Polanco. Uh, you know, I think uh, Baez is a pretty good deal considering where he's going. Um and, yeah. and they both have second short. They get mm-hmm. moved down kind of due to volume of this position yeah. in, uh, in a way, right? Yo, 
five, ten years ago, these guys would be top five. <laughs> Easily. You but know. there's just not there's just not the space. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we're talking about, and like this was my argument a years ago with the Dansby Swanson thing, when we're talking about Dansby Swanson uh, being like 18th on my list, 19th on yours, like mm -hmm. ten years ago, Dansby Swanson is like a top five shortstop. And, and, and maybe even a top three shortstop. So like, this is an amazing position. Um, it's extremely deep from top to bottom. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, there's guys uh, that are going outside the top 40 sh uh, shortstops that I'm like, I actually don't mind that. Like, you know, um, so like, we got to kind of pick a nits though. Like, we're, yeah, we're going to, you know, and that means that there are going to be certain guys that we're pretty much going to be like, we're never going to draft them at their cost because there's so many other good options that I just prefer. Yep. And it's about paring down the pool to players. You know, I know some folks out there and we've talked about this. They cut the pool to like 160 players that they'll consider, you know, across the positions because of thresholds and skills that they want and things like that. And so it's okay to pare down and yeah, it becomes nitpicking at a certain point. It's like, okay, Anderson versus Simeon. Yeah. Anderson's got the high babips and he's had some health, uh, in the last two full seasons and Simeon's as iron, you know, as, as workhorse as it gets, but he's going to a disastrous park and, and a mediocre lineup. He and Seeger alone cannot fix that lineup. So it's not major differences between them, but I'm at a point where it's like I would take Anderson and I don't know that I would take Semyon, especially when you factor in price too because Semyon is the 28th pick on average. Tim Anderson's 37th. So you're going to give me the player I like more at a cheaper price. I don't think Semyon's ending up on any teams this year is, is where it's coming out. Let's bring Correa into the mix here because uh, we also have a difference on him. Now he's unsigned like Story, so he's a bit up in the air. I've now moved him down to nine. So we had a seven fourteen split. Now it's a nine fourteen split. It's still a difference though. So um, what is your outlook on him? Obviously we don't know where he's going to go. What, so what's your basic outlook with like a neutral, uh, a neutral landing spot since we, we currently don't know. I mean, I think the biggest concern for me with Correa is health. Okay. And he was healthy this year. So that's the thing. It, it I do, I do love that aspect, though. Mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't erase it. Of course, you have to be mindful of the fact that he played 75 games in 19, 110, 109, the two years before that. But it mitigates it at 27. Like I, I, I'm not as concerned. I, what are you projecting him for? How, how many games do you pencil Correa in for? I think I project him for like in between 450 and 500. Played appearances? Okay. Yeah, played appearances. Um so, like, if you do that, you're looking at a guy who's probably a mid to high 20s homer total with, like, yeah. a 260, 270 batting average, um, which is fine, but zero speed, uh, which is, uh, you know... It's hard. It, it, it sucks. It, it's hard to have no speed. Especially when you're not elite in home runs or in batting average. Like, Which is because of the, the volume especially, mm -hmm. though. I do think he could be elite in the power. He could hit mid-30s, but you got to play, Carlos. Yeah. You know? 
and and we need to. See, I mean, not that I don't really think a park is gonna, unless he goes to a, like a really atrocious park. But I mean, we already got He's two shortstops to, to Texas, so I don't know. Like, unless they're gonna play Corey Seager at third. Um, uh, God, He's going well, to Texas. That would be so funny. That uh, seriously would be bananas. Obviously, that's not gonna happen. Um, what if he goes to, like New York? The Yankees. Yeah. Would, uh, would that move Correa up for you? I think you'd have to. Um, I mean, I, I know it's better for lefty Whereabouts. power, but still yeah. a great place to hit. Uh, and that lineup would be amazing. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. You know, I'm just throwing a place out there. I, I've actually moved him down yet again here. The, the speed component. I, I think if you had quizzed me and just said, well, how many steals does he have? I had to set a chip in number. I didn't realize that he just doesn't run. And it's probably due to the health piece that we were talking about. Um because he doesn't want to have, you know, extra avenues to possibly get hurt. So he has a combined six since 2017, excuse me, with one caught. So six in seven tries uh, after 14 and 13 back in his first two seasons of 2015, 2016. So I moved him down to 12, actually. So now we don't really have as much of a disagreement. I'm still glad we talked about him, though. His last attempt was in April 2019. Yeah, he... And again, I do think a perfect world stays healthy for 150 plus type of season would include the five to seven chip in steals. And I think that is completely possible if he does not end up back in Houston. I think part of it was Houston said, "Hey, good point too." Like we were not. I mean, look what look what they've done with Altuve. Yeah, right. Like all of a sudden, it's not that Altuve isn't still fast and couldn't steal 30 bases. It's that they don't want to, as an organization, have those guys at the top of the lineup, you know, pushing it. It's uh, a risk reward mm-hmm. calculus. And they've realized that they, they firmly believe in Houston that it's not worth the upside of, a, of, of the extra bag. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Especially the potential at the top of the lineup. And I think this is one yep. of the things like not to go on too much of a tangent, something we want to be careful of for those people who are like, because I've been seeing Kyle Tucker go in the top you know six seven picks and i like kyle tucker but if he moves up this lineup are they gonna let him run i think he can stay where he's at type deal and i think i think he's low double too but i think i've I've been seeing people out in the industry project oh he's gonna move up into the lineup and continue and continue to steal uh and i just don't know that that is gonna be the case i don't know that they can both happen he could go the way of George Springer, where he could. they just, you know, they let him be one, two in the lineup, but then, okay, you don't run anymore because we need you on base. Yeah. You're going to score a billion runs and, and hit your homers. So he could still be an excellent, excellent fantasy player. But yeah, I agree where if people are projecting growth for Kyle Tucker's steals, I do pull back on that. And I'm a big Kyle Tucker guy, but I'm with you. And uh, I, I, I agree that projecting growth on the 14 that we saw, I, I, I don't go for that. Uh, Steamer doesn't either. They say 31-14 after a 30-14 season. They basically have him doing the same thing with 30 extra plate appearances. So I think he could have some growth, but I don't think it's coming in the stolen base department. I think no, no, no. He's yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like talking a, specifically speed growth. He yeah. can have bat growth for sure. I, like, I think he could – like actually, I think he could hit 300 and hit 40 home runs with like mm-hmm. 15 stolen bases. Which I think is obviously a first rounder, but I think oh, some yeah. people are thinking they're they're looking at the minor league numbers and going, 
oh man, there are some 30 stolen base seasons. There's a 30-30 season in 2019. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what we see. I don't think that's happening necessarily. And that's where the George Springer comp comes in because mm-hmm. he did that in the minors in AAA. And that loops back to the Bo Bichette thing. I referenced George Springer and I said, you know, is Bo Bichette a Springer, Jock Peterson type where he ran in the minors, but it just doesn't translate. And again, I was wrong on that, but that was my process of, of being concerned. Um, yeah, and... There's always the fact that Correa could just end up going to Houston, by the way. We didn't mention that as I think and I think that I think either Houston or the Angels. I think those are the two most likely landing spots. That's, yeah, I, I, I could totally see either for sure. Let's jump down a bit. Let's move out of the the star superstar tiers here and talk Gio Urshela. Because we got a pretty strong split uh on Urshela here. An eight rank difference at twenty-two for me, thirty for you. And I know I got a question in my chat yesterday too about like, oh, is he is he going to play or you know there was some question about like his playing time. Unless they get like a Correa, I don't see any reason that he wouldn't. In fact, I think he would still have a pretty good chance to play even if they got Correa. To be quite honest, because he could play third, um, Lemayhu second or Lemayhu first. I love Luke Voigt, but we know he's not guaranteed because. They like to not guarantee his playing time. So I think there's avenues for Shell to play. The playing time is not a concern for me if he's healthy. Obviously, he has to stay healthy. But I think when healthy, you know, I think uh, some decent pop with the quality batting average and decent runs and ribbies based on that lineup is what I'm looking at. Um, I don't know, like 18.75 with a, with a 2.70 type deal. So it's not amazing but it's a nice little mi for your team um 30 feels a little low for urshel are, are you concerned about the playing time or the talent or both neither okay you just have Not- that low because of the depth well i will say this well, let me loop in this guy too you didn't even rank bobby witt jr and you still had urshel down at 30 and i know that one guy wouldn't necessarily drive it but <laughs> he's the 15 15- i i've ranked bobby witt oh did you not put Jr. at the i did my little uh oh yeah here he is He's 22nd. I oh, am yeah. much lower than everybody else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know why um, he wasn't pulling he, up. He, need, oh. he needs to No, no, no. He needs I to raise. I, I see why. Uh, I put a space after the period in junior, so my mm-hmm. view lookup didn't pull that we both ranked him. So mm-hmm. I had an NA in the Justin column. I was like, you didn't even rank him, dude. No, no, no. <laughs> you ranked him actually quite a bit higher than me. So forget the Bobby Witt thing. He's going way higher than we're picking him. We'll talk about him another day. But back to her show. So you're not cons- you have no concerns. He just winds up 30 because of the depth then. Health. The health. Okay. So he that He was banged up all yeah. year. Yeah. You're right. Long. He was in and out too. He was difficult to even know when to put in. Oh, I remember he was missing the some most frustrating yeah, guy. Big weeks from him in a 12 teamer that if he had been in, man, it could have changed some things, but mm-hmm. you didn't know going into the week if he was going to be there. Then he ends up playing five games and beasting. So Urshela was a pain in the ass, and he only played 132 in the breakout season of 2019. So that's fair with the health piece. That's your and driving you, concern. Yeah, and what are you really getting with him when he is in the lineup? I mean, uh, 14 a, a home runs is player. no, no, no. He's it's, he's it, fine, but he's not like a. I don't know. I mean, you know, like I'm not getting really any speed. He's had one stolen base oh. in each of the last three seasons, and he's probably if he does play a hundred of the games, he's probably a 25 home run hitter. Yeah. Like, okay. 
that's fine. Yeah. But like, there's lots of guys like that um, that have much larger upsides uh, or much safer floors. So, um, I, I, I Urshel is a guy I really liked last year. I mean, like I said, I think he was on probably like eight or nine of my teams. Um, but it just he's. I think the nice thing about him is he's dual eligible and yeah. eligible at the corner and in the middle exactly. which is always useful so you get that um, extra that extra spot there of ci because he's a perfect mi or ci type our shell is i guess i just look at the guys i have ranked right after him and i see such large question marks with like nikki lopez gavin lux brandon crawford um jose barrero eugenio suarez like I, I think i need to make his question mark a little bigger namely related to that health i agree with you there but I don't see as much firmness behind him maybe as as you do, or or it'd be firmness ahead of him for you. You do, you have JP Crawford, Miguel Rojas, Josh Ro like like Josh Rojas, Gavin Lux, Nikki Lopez, Brandon Crawford, Ahmed Rosario, even Bobby Wood Jr. Like that whole group there, I, I actually think Rojas is, is pretty stable. Uh, yeah, looking at your ranking, I have to move him up. Um, I'm 39, you have him 27. His batting average is 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 worth more than 39th. But I, I thought there was, I think there's enough question marks ahead of Urshela in your rankings and below him in mine that I felt okay having him there. What, what's, what's the tier that he's in with your rankings? Like where does it start and end? I would say it's a tier probably starting with Ahmed Rosario. Okay. Maybe even Bobby Witt Jr. Um, and going, uh, Probably Juanero Suarez. So, so then that that really narrows our gap because I think Urshela starts his own tier and he's at twenty two, which is where you have Wit, and it goes down to about Crawford at thirty one for me, which is where you have Suarez. <laughs> so it's literally the same size tier. We just have the guys different. So I think it's fair for you to have that that question for Urshela with the health. You're you're putting a little bit bigger emphasis on it. So he moved down a little bit. I moved him up, but I think that's totally fair so i'm not even going to push too much further here I, I think we just we shuffled them up a little bit differently i gave them a little bit more uh, uh confidence than you but i think there are questions to to be answered and it's totally totally worthy of asking them um but one of the guys i did mention there you, you, you didn't you didn't have too much fondness for jose barrero you know i'm in on him as their shortstop in uh, Cincinnati. Another reminder, that's Jose Garcia that you might remember from 2020 when he came up, got an opportunity. He was not good during that opportunity. Make no make no bones about it. It was a tiny chance of 68 plate appearances. Um, and he had 56 this year that weren't very good either. However, he got another year of development in double and triple A, and he was brilliant in those at those two stops. He's going to be 24. You know I fully do not believe in Kyle Farmer. Suarez cannot be their shortstop. So I think Barrero's the guy. Uh, I think at 44, you're kind of saying, no, he's not, though. I just don't know where he plays. Shortstop! Like, he should play shortstop. I completely agree. But I don't know that I buy the Reds are going to make the right decision here. Um, and maybe I should. Because they also let him play in center. Uh, yeah. down the stretch as yeah, well. Yeah, so they push him. I'm fine with that. You know, if they're like, okay, we have, we're so interested in Kyle Farmer for some reason, uh, then we're going to put 
Barrero into the outfield. Okay, that's fine. However, you can get him the playing time. But he's going to be 24. I'm just like, what? What does another year in AAA do? I and mean, he only had 45 uh, uh, games, 200 plate appearances. There, it's not like he's so fully seasoned that it'd be overkill. But I think he spends like two, three weeks down there, and then is up for the rest of the year. Type. Yeah, if, if they make some moves, if they're able to trade away a piece or two in that infield or outfield. Um, because, I mean, he can figure out his way, you know, somewhere, uh, even if it's in the outfield, uh, he would jump up my ranks. Okay. And he probably should move up my ranks. I'm going to move him up. Um, I'm a fan. So I'm I'm playing the flag a little bit at 26. I will f- fully yeah, acknowledge that's, that's that. That's way too high. I, 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 is... don't, I don't think it's too high when Bobby Witt Jr., when you have Bobby Witt Jr. at 22. You can't possibly say it's too high. It absolutely is because Bobby Witt Jr. has the ability to be a top 10 shortstop um i mean so and i don't i don't think his chances of doing it in 2022 are that much higher than barrero's i do i think there is a extreme talent difference here i mean there's a talent difference i'm not i'm not foolish enough to deny that but uh how quickly you forget like i'm low on win like i mean yeah as as, uh, i mean where he's being drafted is hilarious yeah i mean if if i'm low on wit you're like journey to the center of the earth you you have him 22 i have him 29 he's going 15th the person that yeah. took him 36th overall like hey if you're just gonna burn money i'll give you my paypal my guy yeah. like i'm sorry that's an unjustifiable pick it's stupid no matter what i'm pretty sure i know who that is too who is it uh mike the mouth oh well then of course yeah i mean like what's the point though like I, I'm not I'm even pretty sure it was him. I'm not even trying to be nasty though, but like, what's the point? Cause even if you love him, you know, you don't have to take him there. So yeah. I just don't see the upside. Like even if he has a great year, I don't think that's one where you come back and jam it in people's face and say, ha, I told you. Cause you paid 36. He has yeah. to be great for you. Like he has no choice for, for, for context. Um, there's only like three shortstops or four shorts or four shortstops going ahead of 30 so the 36th pick <laughs> so, oh well yeah i mean like that's i mean well, he pretty much has to be he pretty much has to outperform uh or he has to perform as a top four shortstop that's where anderson to... goes on average so he basically yeah. has to be tim anderson day one and i don't mm-hmm. know that he will be well he won't be up day one so he can't be well i mean I like hope... Bob, bobby witt jr is going to start the year in the minor leagues maybe i'll uh, change well, something I'll... i just I... doubt they're going to change i mean that. i doubt it too to be honest um I wish they but could. That being said, like I could see. I mean, look at the steamer projection for Bobby Witt Jr. and you can see why people are doing it. I mean, they project him for 134 games, uh, 24 home runs, 18 stolen bases mm-hmm. from a rookie. Yeah. Uh, no, I get so it. like. I mean, to say that there isn't a huge chasm of difference between him and Jose Barrero in terms of talent, I think is is wrong. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't like. They were basically the same guy. In Triple A, uh, Barrero had a 158 WRC plus. Witt had a 142. Um, I think the speed's probably where where the difference is. But as far as hitting, I I, I, don't... I, I think the power is where the difference is. I think I think Bobby Witt Jr. has legit um, 70 grade power in that bat, and I think there's a, a not better hit not tool. in 2022. I mean. 
Maybe, but it's like one of those outliers that if it if he's special one Soto day one, sure. But yeah, and I don't like betting on that, and I definitely that's like, what don't I'm like saying. betting so. on that when you're having to pay uh, a price that people are paying right now. Yeah, uh, the, the premium there is substantial. So, it's I mean, awesome. I remember I was taking it last year, and you thought it was silly. Uh, mm-hmm. how the turntables have turned, which shows how much of a fraud you were when you said that last year because you didn't even believe your own BS of where I, you know, saying that it was a bad pick where I was taking him when now you would take him sight unseen still as the uh, 22nd shortstop off the board, which is still like... The 20, I mean, that's 100, like pick 170. And like, I was taking him talking... much later than that. Yeah, I know, because but he was never going to be up. That's not true. That's not but true. But he wasn't. No, that's not true. You can't say I, that definitively. You don't know. I don't know the the other way, but you don't like, know. This isn't like like Spider-Verse thing like no, where no, we no, can no. see like alternate dimensions but, like But 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 if you you can't be disingenuous enough to say that if they don't play better that he's not, like stop, right? Like they went 15 and 9 in April. If they had continued but on you the were, trajectory. Yeah, but the problem is it was a 12 team league. There was no way you were going to be able to hold them onto your roster for that long period of time. For a month? Oh, I didn't think I didn't think there was any way he was coming up in a month. That was, I think, the big issue. Is I thought the earliest he was coming up was like June or July. Again, there's that, there's really no here. way to, to to suggest otherwise. And it was it was hilarious when you when you were trying to say that that was a bad pick. Like it was so silly. It was. It, I mean, it it wasn't because it was like a twenty third round or whatever, twenty fourth round. I think it was um, even later than. And that that was the whole thing though. And that's why like. Duh, it wasn't a bad pick because of where it was. No, the funny part was when after you dropped him, I rostered him for a little bit just in case he did come up. Yeah, again, showing what a fraud you are. Oh, but I got him for free. I love when you expose yourself as a fraud. So did I, let's be honest. I I lost (laughs) nothing by doing that pick. Anyway, we don't have enough time to be dilly-dallying. We got one more guy here. And I'm not going to go to the mat too hard for this guy, but I still think that uh, Jonathan VR at 42... I don't know how you got. I mean, I got him at thirty-two. So we're, once you start to get, you know, past like twenty-five, every point split is a lot smaller than it is yeah. if it's like one versus six. So again, we're talking clusters here. But forty-two is almost saying you don't want to draft him. And I isn't he just good enough as a utility guy? On uh, is he still with the? Mets? No, he's a free agent. Okay, and that's part of the issue. Is I don't know what his role is. Ah, he's going to sign somewhere was... and be the super util. Yeah, potentially. What um, do you mean potentially? Like, he's 31. You don't think he's he's going to essentially repeat 2021? Um, I think there's a good chance. Or just give him can. steamer if you, if you want to uh, regress 2021. Because he went 18-14 with a 249. Uh, in 505 plate appearances, that was his real numbers in 2021. They've got him for 13-16 with the same 249 average in 459 plate appearances. So just give him the steamer. That's better than the 30 than the 40 second. It's probably better than the 30 second to be honest. I might be too low on him. Uh, maybe we're both just soured on him because he's he's bleh. And I feel like you hang on to him for a period, and then when you cut him is when he finally plays for two weeks straight. I can't believe seven he's only bases. I, dude, he been around. That's for a that, that's the part that's yep. blowing my mind a little bit. But he's triple eligible too. So I, I again, I, I could make a case on myself that I need to move him a couple takes up. But I think forty two. Even yeah. I'll get, I'll grant you that he isn't signed, and we always you and I always played a little bit safer when they're not signed, and then we move them up five six ranks just based on getting signed. 
but he finished. I'm going to move him up. I'm going to move him up to 35. Okay. Then we're basically the same at that point. Um, because I think you're right. Like, even if like, like he doesn't even need to, uh, like repeat last year, but like, even if he's like a, I don't know, 10, 15 guy, that's probably, uh, I think, I just guys with this kind of profile, like it's all about where he lands. I'm with you. Um, I'm with you. And there is some of it again, this year showed that where some of it's about getting lucky too. Like, do you need him when he's actually playing or do you get unlucky where the time that one of your middle infielders goes down, um, happens to be the time that all the middle infielders are healthy wherever VR is. So he's not playing as frequently. Right. I felt like I mistimed him every time period last year where I wasn't getting the goodness. And then in the second half, he was just playing every day. And so you could kind of set it and forget it. I had cut him by then, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so because yeah, I drafted him in like a, uh, in one of my main events, I drafted him like uh, everywhere and I had to, and I ended up having to drop him, especially because I believe he started off really slow. Correct. Go. Correct. Um, he, he had to pick it up and it was probably once he started to get consistent playing time, like he only had 41 plate appearances in April mm-hmm. with seven games started six stolen bases he went five and six five homers six steals right after you and i probably cut him (laughs) but then he was back down to one homer and two steals in june and then it was four seven or no no four zero sorry and then five two and two four so the steals really weren't there a ton unless you got the six in may so again like i've said coming in i wasn't going to beat the drum like ovr's a god i just think both of us need to have him in kind of the top 35. So you got him at 35. I got him at 32. If he goes to a spot where it looks like he's going to play pretty consistently, then we can make a move up there um, on Jonathan VR. Before we go, because we do have a couple minutes left, is there anything that you saw in the rankings that you wanted to highlight specifically? Um, Now now that you got some of mine. And then next week, I'll put some more out and uh, you can go whichever position you want and start questioning me on some too next week. Let me just kind of take a quick look because I, I honestly did not look at your ranks before we started this. Um, I'm not seeing anything like too out of line. Okay. Okay. Uh, good, good, good. I'm doing espe- all right. Especially after you've made some moves during the, the yes. conversation yes. here. We have made some, some shuffles. Well, let me hit you with one more then on the way out. Mm-hmm. And I only have them at 40, and I literally put them on last night. So this is a catch-up type deal, but I wonder where you're at since we're talking some of the younger guys when we're talking Witt and Barrero. Where do you come out on Bryson Stott? I don't know a lot about him, to be honest. Okay, Um, so yeah, prospect for Phillies. uh, 14th overall pick in 2019. Had a good season, three-level season at high A, double A, triple A. Only ended up with 10 games in triple A, so he kind of finished there. But they they gave him some finishing school. He went to the fall league and played really well. That's where I really started to see him. And since I had that second look where I went out again in November, I think that's when I really started to kind of fall, fall more into the, uh, the stock camp. I got him parked at 40 right now, nothing crazy, but is he somebody that you're, you're going to be looking to learn more about and maybe uh, could be a contributor for them this year in Philadelphia? Yeah, I'll definitely go in and take a look. Um, I mean, they got Didi. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't, uh, unless he, I, you know, like I said, I, I don't know much about him, so I'm going to have to definitely do some research and see has he played some other positions in the minor leagues where maybe he can shift around early on in his career so that way he can get some playing time. But, I mean, Didi was 
kind of garbage. I was going to say, do we see a rebound, though? Because he was garbage, but I don't know that they're going to throw him in the trash can because it's a 217 Babbitt. Maybe they give him some leeway on that alone and say, hey, we're going to let you figure yourself I'm out. I'm sure they will for the beginning. Get, let's start, get some more. He's getting at least uh, a month. He's getting, Yeah, I think so. some more time. Um, you know, the problem with Didi is things only got worse as the season went it, on. It was tough, dude. Like, yeah, I mean, he finished September with a 170 batting average. Like, um, you know, things were like, there's not a whole lot to like look at the numbers and go, yeah, the BABIP was 217. That That's fair. But I mean, his ex batting average was 223. So like, yeah, he got unlucky. Didn't get that unlucky though. I mean, when you have a two percent barrel percentage, right? Some, and that's why I always like to say, Babip is not just a, a luckometer. Mm-hmm. Like Babip sometimes is, you contribute Babip is to the it. thing that you should look at to give you some reason to go do. It's a roadmap for the like, rest of your work. Exactly. You look yeah. at it and then you decide, okay, now I need to look at this, this, and this to see if the Babip was legit or not. You know, things like that. So. Um, yeah, just wanted to put that name out there. Somebody can go take a look at. Yeah, I mean, just you know, quick look at kind of like um, the numbers on uh, on Stott in terms of like what he's done at the mi- in the minor leagues. You know, pretty much twenty percent walk rate and twenty percent strikeout rate in uh, in Triple A, ten percent walk rate, twenty two percent strikeout rate in Double A. So a guy who is going to get on base, which is good. Uh, looks like he's got a little bit of speed, uh, not, but he doesn't seem like he's a burner. He's probably a more of a sum of sum of all the parts, as opposed to having a carrying tool in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting. It's a great park to hit in. Uh, while they do have DD under contract for this year, it's the last year of his contract. So I think DD needs to hit in that first month to kind of keep his spot. Yeah, no, I think so too. I think so too. Absolutely. So, uh, and, you know, I, th- I think the only thing that really helps DD is his defense. I mean, he's a really, really good defensive player still at this point in his career. Um, and Stott doesn't necessarily grade out in terms of the, uh, the prospect report in terms of having very good defense. So I, I wonder if maybe if Stott does get moved off of the position. Yeah, we could definitely see that, and if that gave him an avenue to get to the bit to the league quicker, that might not be so bad. So anyway, we're gonna wrap that up. Uh, good luck if you if you brave it out there this weekend with uh, with shopping, and uh, I'll talk to you early next week. You wanna do Monday or Tuesday? Uh, we can do either or. Uh, my wife's off all next week. Oh, okay, so I'm great. Kind of, I'm kind of open. Well, um, maybe we'll set it. Um, Oh, let me make sure. Let me check my schedule real quick while we're here. I mean, I can do Monday just fine. Yeah, I, I can do either. Um, so let's yeah. let's tentatively set Monday. Okay. And uh, we'll work out a time offline, and then yeah. uh, we'll be set. Sounds good. All right, bud. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.